Welcome to the Top Floor Podcast. This is your host Ace. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Manny. What's up? And today we got two special guests. We have one of our good friends, Alan. Alan Tay Boy, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and we we have our uh, Manny's old coach and uh, my coach for a day. Actually, I had one practice. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, we have Coach Wilkins, uh, former. You might have him as your uh, senior government teacher and yeah. economics. You you guys are old enough to drink. You can call me Kurt for God's sake. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll go with Kurt now. Kurt K Dub. Unless you're well, unless you're like Zoop and he's um, in his late thirties and he still can't call me anything but Mister Wilkins Mr. or Wilkins. Coach. But, you know that. Hey, some people are raised right, right? No. What? That's how I feel too. Like I always feel weird. Like yeah, the coach thing coach. is yeah yeah. I mean, coaching I like coach. It's kind of a respect thing. So like, if I saw like. All my football coaches, I would still call them coach, like Coach Hall, Coach Studer. Yeah. Like Coach Nelson, it would just feel weird to call them anything else. Yeah. Because that's always what I uh, called them as. But we actually have, uh, so Kurt, that just feels weird. <laughs> that actually feels weird you do what's comfortable, Mike. <laughs> so Kurt actually makes his own, uh, he makes his own beer. It's weird hearing it too, I'm not going to lie. Like hearing, hearing his, Kurt? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, go ahead. But uh, you want to go ahead and introduce your beer? Yeah, uh, this is a session IPA, uh, and again, for those that don't know, a session is going to be a beer that's lower alcohol, ABV, usually 4.5 or below. The idea behind it is you can drink it all day, um, okay. like the farmer's sun up, sundown, alluding, you know, or some would even call it a lawnmower beer. You know, you could work out in the yard for hours and, you know, drink it and not get sloppy. Okay. Um, but this one comes in at right at 4%. Uh, the IBUs are more like about 85, 89, but it's over hopped. Uh, I actually put 50% more citra and, and crystal hops in it. Uh, so it doesn't taste like it's a watered down f- session, okay. you know? Yeah. So, so I don't, you, you guys, you guys tell me, I, I, I love the citra hops because of the, the fruity notes that you get mm-hmm. in it. Uh, and it gives you that okay. in, and plus, uh, not necessarily dry hopped, but post hopped. So it still has some aroma for a low, lower ABV beer. What I was going to say is like, I hate, I don't know if it's like with everyone, but for me, um, whenever I take that first sip of beer, it's like, it's overwhelming in a way that like, cause I just took another sip of it and it, it was fucking good. Like the first sip I was like, Oh, this is hella strong. Like it didn't taste strong. But like it was strong in flavor. Yeah, well, it, it punched yeah. you a little bit. Yeah, right? and yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then, but now I'm like drinking it more, and it's actually like really good. It, I feel like I could taste that it's a light beer, though. Well, I've got the ingredients on deck to brew this again, and next time I'm gonna put mango in it, which oh, I think will be fantastic. Okay. Oh, that'll be awesome right there. So, so can yeah. can these be bought, or does that go through you, or do you have an, like a distributor? I'm no, I'm I'm way small end. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm brewing five gallons at a time, which is about two cases of beer. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, so even the smallest nano breweries, like say Waganupa out of Chester or farmers before he okay. went industrial, they're doing 30 to 60 gallons at a time. So Damn. I'm doing five gallons at a time, uh-huh. How, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a hobby. It's a labor of love because yeah. I really enjoy, it's not Fair. like it makes it cheaper or any it's, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy sharing it. I enjoy drinking. It's it, actually really good. I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah. very good. So, I like it. It's a nice chill drink. So, um, well, I mean, they're, they're saying that, you know, but, they don't actually know what they're tasting for. <laughs> so like what what do you you know how to taste beer I'm assuming. So yes. like like what do you taste for in a beer? Everything. Cuz we just well, we, okay, we kind of well, grade our beers on how much we enjoy it. Well, yeah. and, and and that can't be decided by anybody but you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't tell me this is my favorite beer and I can't 
drink it and go, I don't want to drink this. I mean, that's just like anything else in life, right? You've got to enjoy it. But the first thing I do, I, I got to smell it almost like a wine snob, oh. you know, to, to get what, what kind of hops are there, what kind of an aroma is there, kind of sets the stage. And then the thing I've learned that, like you said, that first taste you get, Manny, um, when you boil the beer, typically the boils for an hour or like 90 minutes, most of mine are 60 minutes. And what punches you right up front, those are the hops that are put in right at the beginning of the boil. Oh, okay. So it's it's really interesting how when you put the hops into the boil is where you taste them on your palate. Oh. So the things that you push, you, you, you taste right up front, that's what's dropped as soon as I start boiling the beer, you know, and get everything rolling. If it's like 30 minutes in, that's going to hit you on the middle of your tongue. Oh. If you put it in at the very end, that's what you're smelling. That's more of the aroma. And that's what you're going to get at the back of your palate, you know, so as it washes over. And so, you know, like most beers, there's it's staggered. And even the types of hop that go in at different places are for different reasons. Whereas some say like a dogfish head, the 60 minute and 90 minute. They're going to get the exact same hop, the exact same amount consistently through the boil. Like they've got a mechanism that will consistently add as you go so that it tastes the exact same all the way through your mouth. That's actually hell inch. I didn't know. Like I didn't realize that well, was and, like a and, thing. And why would you? And I, I, I mean, I didn't know that until I started learning to brew, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then having better questions to ask when I would tour breweries. Because let's face it, when I travel, I'm like, where's a brewery? You know, even if I'm with my family, they've learned uh, the, the brewery's dad wants to go to, they have good food. So, oh. and they've got cool environments. So I get to go and, and taste a couple, you know, like I've got some in the, uh, from my trip down South. If we, if we get there uh, from <laughs> Santa Barbara and, and uh, Huntington beach this last week. But, okay. uh, but anyway, uh, that that's what happens. And then you get the body and stuff from the different grains and malts that you put in. And that's where the, the, what they call fermentables, the sugars that ferment into the alcohol, that's where that comes from. And then once you bottle it, there's two different ways to do it. I do it caveman style, which is called bottle conditioning. So you mix some sugar in as you bottle it uh, very carefully. And then the leftover yeast will eat that sugar to create the CO2 that carbonates your beverage versus people that have better equipment than I do spend a little bit more money. You can force carb it. And basically in the bottom of the bottle, they put a little CO2 and then you put the beer on top of it, cap it, boom, chill it. You're ready to drink versus having to let it sit for seven to 14 days to carbonate, which wow. is, what? but that's the bottle conditioning process. You know, but the Dang. thing, the things you buy commercially, they're forced carved where they put the CO2, boom, boom. And then it hits the shelf. It, it goes to your house. You, it's already cold. You start drinking it, you know, versus my process, you know, doing it this way. It, it's about from the day you brew it till the day you drink it is three to four weeks versus wow. an industrial Dang. process about a week. Damn, I thought you could just go in there and like brew something up and drink it, you it's know, already, right before the game and shit. Damn, well, but, but, right you, but you, you can drink it, but it tastes different because it's sweet wort. It's not fermented yet. And you can taste all the sugars that are going to turn into that as Will Ferrell or what, what's his name on a semi-pro? You know, Bob, ha, Harley, Bob, Barley Hops and Delicious Alcohol. <laughs> you know, remember they had that Budweiser commercial with whatever yeah, his yeah. character was. You know, it's like, and so you can taste what's going to turn into that alcohol later. And so that's why it's sweet work because it's still the sugars there that you're tasting. Wow. But that's, it's, but it's a non-alcoholic. Sorry, Mike. Oh no, you're fine. Um, that's actually interesting because I mean, we're youngsters. So it's like, we're always like, 
like we have a thing like we'll be in the bars or like just like it with, with the groups we'll, we'll be like so if manny's holding a beer and like we feel like he's not drinking uh, we'll start a little yeah. chant can man he can man he can man he chug a beer so like you're, you're going through all this process and then just for some fucking youngsters to just fucking down it real quick <laughs> hey, but again alcohol just like anything else is what not everybody has the same purpose and you know yeah hey yeah, when you're true. young you should be telling your buddy to chug a beer yeah you know? <laughs> yeah no that's so um what would be like your top five beers as someone that actually knows beer like my favorite beer just hands down is a corona but that's that's also based on nostalgia just like dom Toretto. just like dom Toretto, dom, sure. dom Toretto, just like <laughs> for me it's like a it's a fucking vibe to to just like drink drink a corona like on a hot summer day like that's my go-to beer. I know that it's not like the best tasting beer. It's just my personal favorite. But like, as someone that understands beer and clearly the science behind it, <laughs> what would be like your top five if you have one? That's like picking a favorite song or a favorite child. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I was a favorite child. I think. <laughs> the but let's. I want to go back to your comment though about Corona. There's nothing wrong with that sentimental like. Uh, you know, for me, when I was your age, it was like Red Dog, which you guys don't even know. Yeah, probably. never heard of it. It was like Miller's version of like a Bud Light or something. They were just trying to make a little marketing thing. But me and my buddies, you know, we'd go to the bars in Chico and we'd, oh, we're cool. We're not drinking Bud Light. We're not drinking Coors. We're drinking Red Dog, even though it's the same <laughs> crap, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> you know, but it's still, it's like me and my buddies, it's like that's sentimental in our mind, even though you can't buy it or drink it anymore. But there's nothing wrong with, say, a Corona. I mean, now we've got beach beer. What's wrong yeah. with a beach beer? Or why would I drink an IPA with Mexican food instead of a Corona or Pacifico or Modelo or something like that? Yeah. You know, and then again, if you have a sentimental attachment to it, you know, again, it's not about making beer that makes other people or drinking beer that makes someone else happy. You drink, if you're going to drink a beer, you drink what you want to drink. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I think the older you get, the more you're just like, yeah, I really don't care what anybody else thinks. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's true. I, I want to be happy in my life. If it's my meal, if it's my drink, you know, as long yeah. as it's not ruining somebody else's life. Cause I have too much of it, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> what about, so, uh, you Alan, what do you have a top five? Uh, top two actually. All right. Let's hear a top two. Uh, oh, can I guess? Hazy first that and then the uh, farmer's five three. Oh, yeah, farmers. Yeah. Are you hazy yeah. Sierra Nevada or somebody else? Sierra Nevada. Damn. That's my time. It used to be Modelo. The, now, the, the taste of Modelo got, got me like wanting to throw up and yeah. stuff. And we, then I tasted Hazy. That's where I was like, this is my beer right here. Yeah, I still remember when we started drinking the Hazies. That, that was like a summer we or just, two ago. Yeah. We, 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 we just drank them just to get fucked up. Because they were cheap quicker. back in the day. They were way and fucking And they're usually cheap, high ABV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get a six pack, you're, you're feeling it. <laughs> Afterwards, I get, yeah, I got a six pack now. It's just like I'm. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. There's an American flag on the cap. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, if you're gonna bottle your own stuff, you go buy the bottle caps you want. And uh -huh. my, my whole idea was I was making this at the end of April, going, okay, this is gonna be leading up to Fourth of July. We're gonna be drinking this, so let's go with the flag bottle caps. You know? Okay, that's kind of cool. So is this uh, this next one you're pouring up? Is this the? It, this is the. This is more of the same. We're refilling. Okay. We're refilling. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> is that okay, Mikey? Well, I'm just. I'm just <laughs> do you want to taste, Mikey? I really he do, wants but to. I, I really do, but I, really I, I quit it. drinking and I you're, put it on something. You're being so, smart. That's yeah. good. As always, drink responsibly because I've been getting into some some issues over the last few weeks with drinking, so I just had to put an end to it. But yeah, I, re I really wish I could fucking taste it right now. Well, there's nothing wrong about chill drinking, though. Yeah, but I No, I hey, kinda, he's making a wise choice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just till the end <laughs> no, of the summer. Well, I'm getting to that age where I just want to chill drink the whole day. 
yeah. and just watch games and all that stuff. Well, no, I mean, but, you make a good point. I mean, but you got to set your own limits and only you can know your own limits. Yeah, I mean, you, other people want to make rules, but it's like, you know yourself and that's the important part. Yeah. Well, see, cause I'm a no filter kind of guy. So just, and that's just being sober. So if I get some alcohol <laughs> in me, <laughs> I'll fuck it. Like I'll, I'll offend you. <laughs> and like, that's going to cause issues. See, so that's what Manny's waiting for. He's like, Wilkins is no filter anyway. What's it going to be like? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me get back. I'll, let me try to give you my top five beers. Um, I always, <sighs> I got to get back to Sierra Nevada Celebration. I love that. And that was really the first IPA I fell in love with, even though they used to not call it an IPA because the true definition of an IPA means you've got to use British hops, you know, because India was a colony of Great Britain. Yeah. And now it's like there's so many IPAs out there, you can't do that, you know. So they've kind of gone away from that. And even on the Sierra Nevada Celebration, it'd be like uh, IPA style or something like that. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Try, um, to not offend like the fucking purists, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, celebration is fantastic. Uh, Alan mentioned the the farmers five three zero unfiltered wheat, which is fantastic, That's and good. I love that because Sierra Nevada quit brewing their just red label wheat about fifteen years ago, and it's like. Where is that unfiltered wheat? Because, I mean, again, that's just like you talk about Corona. It's like, hey, it's hot. We're on a tube. We're in the lawn, you know, yeah. in a pool. Let's just have a few and, and get refreshed. Um, up in Bend, Oregon, Silver Moon Brewing, they have a mango pale ale, which is where my mango idea. And that sounds good. When I was like, three years good. ago when I was there, it's like literally it's me and my buddies, and I ordered that, and the first taste I had my reaction, I reached out and grabbed the waitress's hand and said, I want a six pack of that when I leave. Yeah. I'm not leaving without something. That is really, really good. It's like, okay, hon, it'll be on your tab. You know, but <laughs> it's just, you know, I, but I mean, imagine a, a really good, robust pale ale like a Sierra Nevada, but then you throw some fruit in, you know, and it's just, again, you can drink it all the time. Um, everybody talks Pliny the Elder, and I can't get away from that, you know, from Russian River, you know, the Imperial IPA, and whether it's that or their blind pig or, you know, and there's the arguments over which is, they're all really freaking good, and they're just so clear and crisp, not, they're, you know, again, you get that consistent taste all the way back on your palate. <laughs> um, I think I know one beer. I think I've tried one beer that you just named right now, and it was the fucking celebration, so. Yeah. But That's I mean, the only beer you tried. Yeah, of all the ones he's named, uh, I think so, yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the craft the craft beer boom over the last 10, especially the last five years. I mean, when you go to a place like Bend, Oregon, which is the size of Chico, and there's 23 breweries. Oh, You know, when you go to Santa Barbara, and in a f- six-block walk, I saw f- seven different tap rooms and had time to try three of them, you know, in a few hours. And, the, and there's wineries in between, you know, but, you know wines for fancy people. Um, <laughs> although some of them are starting to drink craft beer, but Hey, yeah. but, and, and you, and you just get this incredible variety and you get some, you know, often they have a great person serving that's willing to talk to you about the beer actually knows what they're talking about. And, you know, even things like sours that I used to be like, why would you ruin beer like this? Now it's like, uh, this stuff's really good if it's done right. It's yeah. uh Sierra Nevada has a sour one. It's one of the, uh, hazies. It's, it's the, the, uh, the wild, 
wild, yeah, wild, wild yeah, little yeah. thing. Like the first time I tried that, I was like, Same. "What the fuck is this?" I was like, <laughs> "But it grew on so me." Like, after like the second one, like, it kind of grew on me. I'm not gonna lie. Well, and they started out with that otra vez several years ago, which is a ghost, which is sour-ish. Not oh, okay. you know, it's not all the way. And I remember that one. It's like the first three sips. I'm like, "What?" And then the fourth <laughs> sip, I'm like, "Like you did with my beer." You're like. Oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, and then actually, and then by the time good. I got through the can, I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna buy me a six pack of that." You know, <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that because that's actually coming from someone who knows beer. Because like, what, what like the fan favorites around here would be like uh, Corona, Ormolello, uh, Pale Ale, uh, like you said, a hazy. hazy. Farmers is starting to gain ahead of scene, but like you said, like you had no clue like anything that he just said. So uh, no, there's so much terminology too, and I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if and if I say something and you're like, speak English, please. You know, ask me to explain it because again, there is like you said, terminology in beer. Unless you know, why would you? It's not like I taught that to you in senior government class. <laughs> Bro, at one if, point, if I if I would have, that would have been a problem, right? You know. <laughs> at one point, I, I didn't know if he was like naming a beer or if he was like naming something about a beer. You know, because yeah. like, oh shit, that's a dope name. But I think it was something about a beer. So you're from Chico, right? Um, I've been here since I came to college. I actually okay. went to Princeton High School, which is where Farmers Brewing is. Uh-huh. Uh, Bill graduated the year after I did. Um, Bill Weller, shout out. Farmer's Brewing. Okay. Uh, farm to glass. There you go. Put your lips on a farmer. Uh, uh, go ahead. Um, so w- what was the vibe like in Chico? Like, is it like the same wild type of fucking, the way downtown is, I mean, we just went out to, to the bars last night. I mean, everyone's out. It's, well, I mean, especially now, but <laughs> everyone is out. So, like, it, get, it gets pretty rowdy. So, like, how, how was the Chico uh, back then? I don't know, like, when you were in college, like, what year, but. I went to Chico uh, from 92 through 97, you know, okay. which was at the tail end of the like party school uh-huh. era from the 80s, you know, when there was national recognition. Um, and it, it, Chico's still a special place. Uh, it was wild. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> my in-laws who went to Chico in the 1960s and they talk about, oh, you have no clue back when Pioneer Days was just off the hook and it was just no rules. And, yeah. you know, I've never experienced that, even though I thought that what I experienced in the 90s downtown and around town was amazing and unique and pretty crazy. And that was, not, you know, being in Santa Barbara, it's like I'd never been there before, but it was like. Oh, that's the only other place I used to hear back in college. It's like, you know, Halloween weekend in Santa Barbara. But then I don't, I don't want to miss it here in Chico because, yeah. you know, <laughs> gets you, you'd go downtown in Chico and you got people 12 to 15 wide on the sidewalk and yeah. you can't get anywhere and you're waiting in line to get into a bar. And it's like, you know, you don't want to miss that scene, but it's like, okay, after we see everybody, let's go back and have a party so we can actually do something, you know, but, uh. It's a fat Kendrick line right there too. Well, and or or St. Patrick's Day, the year I turned twenty-one. You know, it used to be such. You know, the bars would stay open till two o'clock, and then they'd kick you out. And then, I know that's the friends I had. There was where Fifth Street Steakhouse is now. That was Jake's Bar and Grill when I was in college, which I was three, four nights a week at that place, kind of a <laughs> known quantity. And my friends had a, a motorhome parked across the street. And it's like at two o'clock, we went over there. Yeah. We played drinking games. And then Jake's open for breakfast again at 4.30, you know, grain eggs and ham and started, yeah, 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 yeah. started serving beer again at six o'clock. And I stumbled home at like noon, you know, <laughs> after having got there after work the night before, you know, get off at 10 o'clock, go down yeah. to the bar, you know, and, uh, they had, they always had wet and wild West Western whiskey Wednesdays. That was before the crazy horse was the cowboy bar. And so that was cowboy night at Jake's. Yeah. And my buddy Damon Roush and I for, um, 
also from Princeton, you know, we'd go there, be there eight o'clock every Wednesday. And you guys are like, who goes out at eight o'clock? It's like, well, we got to go get a good place. We're going to be here till two. Yeah. <laughs> but there was this one waitress there and she would be waiting at the door with a pitcher of red dog every Wednesday night at eight o'clock. <laughs> oh, you know, that was shit. when a pitcher, that was when a pitcher of crappy beer cost you three bucks, you know? So we'd throw our $5 bill, you know, tip her 60%. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's, but she's, but that was our Wednesday night, and you know, and oh you'd shit, see, it is a Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> you'd see the same people, you know, and then on Thursdays everybody would walk, you know, and it's like you would start at, you know, Joe's, and then you'd go to the Bear, and then you'd go, you know, oh, to wow, Panama, the and then you'd walk back over to Jake's. But you'd see the same people at every. You guys probably experienced that. That if you're yeah. if you're hopping, you tend to see the same crowd. Yeah, you know, what was your your bar of choice? Because that's like I love Jake's. that you just said the oh Jake's Jake's, Jake's. No. yeah Jake's <laughs> because for, yeah I love that you just said the Bear because that's like. I mean, that's your go-to, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I know it's our go-to, me and Manny. Like, I love that you just said that because it's like <laughs> the fact that th that's still there, like this tradition it should still be. going. Yeah. And then the old school, what, you guys don't go to the Oasis anymore? It's like... Oh, I, I, I actually like, yeah, I love yeah. the Oasis. Actually, yeah, yeah. that's a great place for lunch and a couple beers. Yeah, in my play some pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the the Oasis is the great. O is what they call it. Okay, yeah. and it's right next to Chico State, so that's that's definitely uh, right after class. I would go there a lot. <laughs> oh. No, that that bar for me was Normal Street, which isn't there anymore. But uh, you know, you go down there. It's by that parking lot, and it it was this dirty little dive bar. But their happy hour from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day was dollar pints. Period. Dollar pints, Sierra Nevada, dollar pints, right? You know, uh, and my buddy and I would finish our school day at 315 in Taylor Hall in the English class. And as you know, you can see, you know, and I'm sitting there in my multicultural lit class going, is it 315 yet? <laughs> you know, because then Josh and I'd go have a pint and then, yeah, okay, you know, go do what we got to do. You know, and they had a killer jukebox with some good, you know, grunge, punk, hard rock, you know, it was great. Yeah, what, what were the so what are the songs of this era actually? Now that you just mentioned the music, because I mean I don't know about you guys, but like there's a song for like every year that like defines that year. So like what was the what was the song, song back uh, then? Like, Friday, if I ask you. Yeah, but we weren't listening to that. Like that, that was that wasn't a normal street kind of. That's what we would hear going to the bear or going downtown, you, you go. know, to a different bar. But you know, for us, it was you know stuff like. You know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam or okay. Alice in Chains or Motley Crue or, you know, Van Halen, you know, yeah. that that stuff. And that's like, OK, that's a great jukebox. We'll stick a dollar in there and pick like six songs and, Damn. you know, sit here and, <laughs> you know, have a couple pints. And then if we stay longer, we'll put another dollar, you know. Yeah. And me and my crew would typically make sure we controlled the jukebox while we were there. Yeah. Because you know, we didn't want to be listening to no Hanson Umbop or anything like that, <laughs> you know, or, or the Spice Girls, even though that wouldn't have been on the. <laughs> that wouldn't have been at nor uh, normal street, but that yeah. just reminds me of that scene in, uh, um, I can't think of the movie right now. <laughs> so, so, uh, so what the fuck does it remind you of? <laughs> the Will Ferrell movie, the, Oh, Talladega Nights. Um, that just reminds me of the scene in, uh, Talladega Nights where, uh, he plays the song, the French guy in the jukebox and they're like, who the fuck is playing that shit? And that's how he's like introduced and shit. I, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. Me neither. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Oh, <laughs> if we're going to talk Will Ferrell, I am all about old school. Oh, you're like, old All about right? old school. You're my boy, boy. I've heard great things about it. I've never seen it. <laughs> That's your homework. You need to watch old school. <laughs> yeah. It, it will be one of the best hour and a halfs of your life. I actually just watched Swingers because I heard that was a great movie. 
That's a little bit different. I love it because I remember seeing it at the pageant when it came out on spring break, my senior year at Chico state. Mm. And still it was like, okay, this is a little different, but you know, that was that scene, you know, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn yeah. and those guys, that was kind of their coming out party. Yeah. You know, but it's still no old school is every scene is a must see. Oh, okay. It's, it's it, one of those. It, it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's not one of those think pieces like a swingers that's making a style statement. Yeah. O- old school just comes out and it's a party. Period. Yeah. Okay. One thing I want to get into is I want to I want to hear that story about you being his like him being your coach for it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. What okay. happened with that? No, Mikey, remind what year did you graduate? That's what uh, I don't remember. Javi, what year did we graduate? Yeah, 2013. Okay. So this is yeah that that season. Um, oh yeah. Oh, so so you're you're trying out with Trace Garrett and Cody Long. Yeah. And Trevor. Yeah, that that was my class. Yeah. 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 For those this of you is that, uh, my sophomore year. Yes. Or no? For JVs because I was JV coach then. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so this is my sophomore year, so I had just gotten done with football, so I'm just kind of like, I was like, you know, fuck it, I want to lose some weight, because I've always been the, I've always been the fat kid, so <laughs> so I was trying to lose some weight, so I was going to play some basketball. This motherfucker, he's, uh, <laughs> uh, he's like, I'm going to break the ice right now. <laughs> he makes us run fucking uh, liners and shit. First day of practice. Oh, was it the 5 and 30? Yeah. I think so, yeah. And, and, that's and, what I was and, he, and he's like, but everyone, if no one gets, if He's like, everyone has to get across. I'm like a 230-pound kid. So <laughs> I I'm love physically, like I'm working my ass off. I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to get back. But like I'm holding everyone back. So it's like I fucking hate that. <laughs> like I couldn't get back in time. You guys had to keep like, running him because you wouldn't make it. Yeah, yeah but like like trust me, like I have heart. I was trying to get my ass back, but like, oh he fucking he broke the ice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the difference. You could be in good football shape and it's yeah. not basketball. You could be in good basketball and it's not football. Yeah. Or baseball or whatever your sport is, you have a different kind of being in shape so yeah it was the sprints that made you quit honestly yeah like, because <laughs> so we were playing the basketball and like he actually gave me a lot of compliments and like it was for simple shit that I'm, i thought was just like i'm like you're really complimenting that like i actually went to the ball like on a on a shitty pass and like he's like complimenting that. i'm like wait is that isn't that like common honestly, sense like, not a, not a you would pick. think so but a lot not a lot of players do that actually yeah. a lot of guys so, get lazy and yeah. think oh it's simple right I yeah don't do i'm not gonna lie to you My, you did when I yelled at you about it. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Uh, yeah, because uh, me, Allen, and Manny. I mean, I feel like we we all like grew up playing like street ball. That's so, how I met you guys. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's how I met both of you actually. So I feel like that's just like a natural tendency, you know? Like why the like you're not running a set play in street ball, you know? <laughs> if that shit's going out, you got to go save it. <laughs> if you don't jump to it, somebody else gets it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But. I really wish I would have stuck it out now just because, like, I see an Allen. Uh, I can't really say as much for, oh for Manny. Be, 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 no, no, no. But let me get to it because, you know, like, uh, they learn, like, the fundamentals. But, like, I mean, Manny, I'm sure you've seen his shot. He's got a broken-ass shot. So. <laughs> no, but he did a lot of other fundamental things. That's why he was successful. Yeah. Yeah. How was he coaching this guy? Uh, what? <laughs> well, you want to take that first, Manny, or you want me to go um, first? So, uh, he was my – so – he was my older brother's coach. He coached him. And then, like, he never, like... That was the year before you. Mm-hmm. He didn't get to play, right? So then for, like, the next few years, I'm hearing, like, oh, he's a fucking shitty coach. He's a bad coach. Like, he doesn't play him. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. So I'm hearing this in my household, right, for, like, X amount of years. So mm. then when I go JV, I mean, instantly just, like, butting heads. I was like, I fucking hate this guy, you know? And, like, <laughs> like no reason. Just, like, whatever, like, I was hearing through, like, my my mom, my dad, and, like, you know, so instantly, like, we were butting heads, and it was crazy, because I was, uh, I actually had to, like, compete for, like, my spot, because I was, like, a fuck, I was hella skinny. I wasn't much taller than everybody, but I was still opposed, 
So, I mean, I have guys like twice my size guarding me and shit like that. And it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to score? Yeah. And then that's, I think that's where like a lot of the unfundamental shit comes. You know, like the crazy spins, the fucking like shooting <laughs> like sideways and shit. But, crazy ass layups too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so all like JV year happened, you know, like I was like, you know, it wasn't like, oh, like I love this guy, you know. We had a pretty good year. Yeah. But, we, had, we had a mm-hmm. successful year, but it wasn't like, oh, like, yeah, that was my favorite coach, you know. So then my junior year, I play with Mackie. And then that was, like, a different experience. It was, like, really humbling because, you know, like, I actually had to fucking work, like, pretty fucking hard to, like, actually play and, like, start and shit. And then my senior year, they retire. So then now he's the varsity coach. Okay. And, dude, first day of so practice. you got him twice. First day of practice, I walked out. Like, it was over some <laughs> dumbass shit, too. Like, I think. Uh, I, lo- I love you. I love that you're a diva. <laughs> no, it's, like, it was over some dumbass shit, too. Like, I think, uh, like, uh we were running a play or something like that. And I was just kind of, I don't know what it was. I, I don't remember what it was, but it was, I remember it was like some trivial ass shit, like did, stupid. Didn't and then somebody like, slap you in the face who was trying to guard you? And I just kind of said, play through it, get over it or something like uh, that. Yeah. Something like that. And then I, like, I just like walked out. I was like, fuck this. Like I'm out. And I just fucking walked out. And then that's when like, you know, he's like obviously the bigger person. Cause I'm pretty fucking childish. Well, you're like, a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> we all yeah. have, our, we all have our moments. Yeah. So then that's when like, you know, he sat me down and he's like, look, I don't know what he, like what he asked me straight up like you know why do you fucking hate me like we butt heads and shit. Oh, so you hate him all sophomore year too then? I mean, pretty much. It's not like you know like I couldn't stand him type shit. It's just like I I wasn't being coachable either yeah. though. Like that was a big problem too. Like I wasn't allowing him to like coach me and shit like that. But uh, we had uh, it was Liquio right? That was the assistant. No, with me it was Bohr and it was it was Coach Bohr with me. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, but I mean, um, I, like, try to listen, like, he'd tell the other coach, the coach would tell me type shit, it's like, that's kind of how it went that year, um, and then senior year, uh, he sat me down, and he's like, look, like, what do you want out of the season, like, this is your final season, what do you want, and I was like, I want to fucking win, like, I was mad, because, like, everyone's saying, like, they're big three left, like, they're fucking ass now, and I'm like, like, no, we're not, like, fuck yeah. that, and then uh, I was like, I want to win, like, I want to prove all these fucking, like, stupid-ass people wrong that saying that we can't win in this section, and he's like, I want that too. You know, like, we have to work together, though. You can't be, like, yeah. doing that shit. That surprised me. I would think, you, how surprised you would be, like, I want my numbers. <laughs> <laughs> You're that flashy motherfucker. No, and <laughs> after, after every game, though, I'd always go to, uh, I, I can only think of his first name now. Glover. Glover. I'd always go to Glover, and I'd be like, oh, like, what are my stats? You always get so annoyed. <laughs> you always say that. I remember that, yeah. too. <laughs> I mean, I feel like as an athlete, you always got to look at your stats. So, like, in football, I played the most, one of the most unglorified positions in it, which is D-line. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how many tackles I have? You know, I had one sack my whole fucking career, and I made sure I got my goddamn celebration. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the, uh, it was a Justin Tuck, uh, former D-lineman for the Giants. He, like, he did, like, a bow. Like, I did that. Like, we're, we're getting our asses beat by West Valley. <laughs> because, like, we went four and six my senior year, but it was our last game. Like, I had to get my fucking celebration in. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anyway, so, like, that's your side of it. What do you think uh, coaching Manny was like? Well, again, um, when you're coaching young men, I mean, you have to understand that first you got to get through ego, you know, insecurity, and there's always a communication issue. I mean, even if you hadn't been hearing stuff at home, you're a young man. You're hearing things different. Like, for example, talking about shot selection. I know that that was one we we had some miscommunication where hey you know <laughs> that's you know, still an issue I'll, I'll just my, you know Mikey you know we you you can shoot a three you know if the ball swung corner to corner in the offense or if it comes inside out you know Alan if you're open on the line shoot the ball you as a young man probably only hear oh Mikey um, don't shoot 
So again, when you're talking about shot selection, when you're when you're def- trying to clearly define roles for players to help, and again, usually when young men hear that, they think you're limiting them. What you're really yeah. trying to do is set them up to do things when they're going to be the most successful. You're in your rhythm if the ball's coming inside out. You're in the rhythm if the ball's you know going around versus if you're just off a fast break, first pass up, and you know you're an okay shooter instead of say a great shooter. You know, need to get you in your rhythm better. But all young men usually hear is, oh, coach told me not to shoot. Dude, I was hot. I know like, I know exactly what he's talking about, too. Uh, no, but, but a, th- that's just one day. Yeah. This is all the time, and it's every year, whether it's sophomores, seniors, you know, juniors. Young, young men have a hard time in, unless they learn to trust that, oh, coach is just clearly defining my role. So, but um, Manny's got wait, a good story. Wait, we had oh, Manny no. will shock up any side no matter what, though. Oh, I've, I, I play pickup with him. I know. I've seen it three games, too. <laughs> no, but but he he learned to buy into the team concept, and that was why we were successful. Yeah, I mean, well, hold on, uh, real quick, what'd you guys do uh, your your senior year? Like, how far did you guys get? Uh, so, dude, our senior year was actually crazy. Like, honestly, it was like a movie. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, the the number one team in the section, um, we were like ranked. What were we ranked? Like, well, you're, you're talking about the the second round of the playoffs. We were the seventh seed, which is yeah. the lowest Corning had been in a long time. Yeah, yeah, and then the 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 best team, like the team everyone's looking out for, we just went like to overtimers, double overtime with Wheatland or something like that. And I'm like, I was mad because I'm like, they're fucking ass. Yeah, like, they should not be able to compete with us, right? So then uh, it was Central Valley. They were like the team that year, and um, the first time we played them, like I went off in the fourth quarter. I think I had like 20 points in the fourth quarter, right? Because like the whole day I'm hearing like in the first. Yeah. Damn. Um, but, like, the, the whole day I'm hearing, like, fucking, like, we're going to get killed. Like, they're going to – and then, like, everyone – I felt like everyone already gave up. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, the game hasn't even started. So I kind of had, like, a chip on my shoulder. And, like, I kind of went off. But uh, on that, too, we act, the, he had a rule called, like, the Manny foul rule. <laughs> if I get it one foul in the first quarter, like, he's treating it like I have two. And now I have to, be, like, be benched. Because he would usually just – if he got one, he was going to get another one. And then yeah. he got to sit him. It's like, no, we let's just sit you for two minutes. Throw and that way you can – so. Well, that way you're not having to sit till halftime. Yeah. You can get some more minutes. So yeah. I was going off, right? And then, like, I mean, I, I always told myself, like, I'd never want to – like, I'd never ask the coach to take me out. Like, I just – that's how it was. So then I remember Chance, he made a night – like, he made a steal in the front court. And then, like, he's, like, falling out of bounds, and I noticed it. I'm a half court, and I just start sprinting. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm tired. He gives me a beautiful pass, and literally two guys set a screen for a charge. And, like, I don't even try to shoot, but I just, like, throw myself into them because I knew it was going to be, like, a charging foul, and I knew he'd take me out. So that's what I did instead of, like, <laughs> tapping my head, telling him to take me out. Just jump stop, make the shot, and ask for a sub, you know. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, that game, yeah, I was going off in the first. We ended up losing, though, but uh, playoffs, though, we play them again. Like, we have them second round. They had a first round bye. And, dude, we're down by 20 at half, right? And then, like, I don't, like, everything's kind of a blur because, like, I was just so fucking, like, invested. Like, I don't, I hardly remember, like, the locker room talk because I was just, like, so fucking, like, we're not going to fucking lose today. Like, I'm, this isn't my last game, you know? And then, like, I'm always the one, like, that drives and shit because I was, like, my shit. I'm watching Chance and Jesse just fucking drive and drive and drive. And, like, they're, like, making it and we're, like, coming back against, like, this great-ass team. And then, like, I'm, like, all right, well, like, now I'm getting mad because I'm, like, I'm not fucking scoring, you know? So, like, <laughs> as soon as I get the ball, I'm like, nah, I'm putting my head down, I'm driving. And then that was the one the I think, tied or put us up. And then once we took the lead, we just didn't lose it. And it was just fucking, like, surreal, you know? Yeah. And like, it was, like, hella dope. But then the game before the section game, we lost because uh, we played... Um, awesome. Yeah, and they shot, like, fucking 70%. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah we had there split with Lassen and League, so it was an even matchup. I mean, we scored 61 points and played defense to get beat 
Well, they, I know. They, I know they this, shot the lights out. I know this guy wasn't playing defense, but <laughs> when he wanted to, he played good defense. Yeah, <laughs> probably leaving his assignment. Ah, fuck, he's gonna miss anyways. <laughs> no, but yeah, that Lassen Lassen shot the lights out, which kept us from getting back to the section championship Dude, I was, game. Uh, but, I was so mad about that. Yeah, that that actually is a good story because I mean, you got a first year coach for varsity, and then you know, like obviously, I mean, for people that don't know, Corning had like a big three for. What was it like three years? Yeah. Yeah, it was like three years. They had a big three, you know, section championships every year. You're rolling your eyes at me. Am I wrong on no, that? No, no, I think okay. I think they only won two. The, right? Yeah, their sophomore year they lost in the semifinal to Central yeah. Valley. Okay, okay. But yeah, so like th- that that is a pretty good story, actually. You yeah. know? Like keep the culture <laughs> keep the culture moving because I mean Corning was always like soccer and basketball were always good, like at least when I was in. Yeah. yeah. Um but like the shot selection story he's talking about. We had there was I don't even know who we're playing, but like to be it was going into that Wheatland the first round game. Oh, it was because we had brought up the three freshmen. Oh, that's why to I got help so, us out. That's why I was so bent about it then, because yeah. uh, um, so we have like our lunch meeting and shit, and then uh, Glover like he literally tells me like oh like don't shoot right, and I'm like <laughs> what the fuck like I'm looking at him I was like what the fuck like what are you talking about? He's like you you can't like don't shoot threes this game. Or, he said something like that. That's that's what I heard though. Like don't shoot threes. Yeah. Well, th- this is a perfect example because what he. Like we talked about a few weeks ago when yeah. I saw you, it was like, okay, uh, Noah, Brendan, you know, Jesse, Chance, any open three-pointers, shoot them. You know, Manny and uh, there's probably two or three other people. Remember, corner to corner or inside out. But like I said, what did he hear? Oh, don't, take shots. don't, don't shoot threes, <laughs> man. So, uh, so like the whole day I'm just like, I'm hot because I'm like, hey, we're in the playoffs. Like how are you going to tell me not to shoot? Like I'm the fucking scorer, you know? Like, but uh, So we get in the game, dude. I swear to God. Like, I mean, I'm... Well, what, what happened after lunch? Do you remember? Uh, I think they had to pull me aside and talk to me because I got so fucking bent I, about I, it. I, I went into Miss Atkinson's class. Yeah, he pulled me out of class because hey, he knew I was I'm, bent. I'm on my prep. Can I talk to Manny for a while? <laughs> so, uh, like, the whole day I'm just fucking like, all right, like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm a fucking go off type shit, you know? And then uh, I think the first shot I take is, like, a contested three, like, right on top. And, it, like, it goes in. And then, like... Because uh, I remember I told uh, Johnny, right? I, I just remember vividly because, like, I remember I made it, and I just, like, looked at him, and I was, like, shaking my head, like, yeah, because I was telling him, too, like, I'm going to fucking shoot a three. Like, this first thing I'm going to do. You know, that's, like, partly being a jackass. But yeah. I remember just, like, looking at him, and was like, yeah, and then, like, I just mad dog the assistant coach. Like, you know, I'm just, like, like, I'm walking back, like, mad dogging him. And then I must have really been focused on the game not to notice that. <laughs> and then uh, then I get a corner three, and I airball it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked at then, like, they called a timeout after, and I was like, all right, maybe I won't shoot threes. Yeah. I got my one, so. Uh, <laughs> how, about, how about you, Alan? So, like I mentioned, Corning had that big three. You were in their class. Uh, so, like, how are you? Because, um, I mean, obviously, like, we met through hoop. So, unless I'm guarding you, you know, you're a killer. <laughs> you know, you're a killer from fucking mid-range. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't say three because you're always putting your foot on the line. But Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you know your role? Or were you, like, a man? He was like, fuck that. I want to take my no, shot. I actually accepted my role because I wanted to make the team better. Yeah. I was with uh, Michael and then Hogue and then uh, yeah. Day. So, I knew I had to, like, actually try hard at practice so I could make them better you know yeah and sometimes they were like they backed off a little bit and so they'll, they'll tell me what are you doing why are you trying so hard i'm like i'm trying to get some playing time too you know yeah. i'm just trying to make you guys better try to get some playing time and i actually did so hard work pays off did you try and mimic your game after anyone or were you just uh, like at first when i first started playing because i know you love kobe so <laughs> yeah because uh back when i was in la i started watching kobe in the finals because we didn't have cable so we watched the finals. It was on ABC. And I was like, for the first shot he took was a fadeaway. I was like, all right, I'm going to learn this shot yeah. for sure. And I started doing that. And then since I played street ball, and it was basically ISO ball. So I was like, all right, I got to 
try this move and yeah. I actually tried and actually perfected it for a while and then came down here and they changed my shot. Yeah. <laughs> like well, when you hit that little baseline fade at Chico State in the final though. Yeah, I did actually. Uh what year is this? Is this uh, uh your senior year? Or your no, junior, my junior year? year. Oh, I I was at, yeah, I was at the, the game. final. Yeah, yeah. I actually against Orland, huh? Yeah, I actually yeah. earned that. Wait, you wait, you hit a baseline three or? Uh, it's a no. mid ranger. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, mid ranger. Yeah, yeah, that's a specialty. So I know it was. <laughs> that was, was the, actually the point that because the bench we weren't supposed to play, so they put me in, and that was like to win the game basically. Yeah, I remember you almost got put on a fucking poster that oh, game yeah. too. <laughs> I hate Kobe. If you hear yeah. this, I hate you, bro. You should have dunked it. That's yeah. all right. Hey, his turnover sealed the win for us. I, so. no, I actually thought I was gonna block it too. <laughs> that was such was an incredible game, though. Like that—that's one of those high school moments because I, I was a senior at this time, and so it's like you know that's when you're oozing fucking cardinal pride. So yeah, like I'm fucking like that was uh, probably the third basketball game I'd been to all year, but I'm like I'm acting like I was a fucking diehard fan, like. I knew some of these Orland people and like, like a Kavi, like you said, like he played football. Like he, so he was just like a stud. He was just a stud. And so like, he was a great athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But like, that was such an intense one. I remember uh, Madej, he fucking played some lockdown defense on their star. uh, I I think it was a point guard. Yeah. I think Judd Salzberg. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, he was playing some lockdown D. I'm like, damn, like, I didn't know fucking Chase, like, had that in him. So, yeah. so like, it, it was just an intense fucking an intense fucking game. And, like, it I was. love that his defense kind of, like, was a huge part of it because, like, I'm huge on defense because I have got no Actually, offensive skills. So playing play D got me uh, playing time since freshman year. You were playing D? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, that got well, me playing I was, time. I was going to say, too, like, I mean, like. So, you guys just abandoned that in the street ball, huh? Oh, well, yeah. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like in a, an event like that, like, you kind of have to. But, like, yeah. uh. Like, my junior year when I played with them, too, um, like, I, I accepted my role. Like, I mean, I started off, like, on the bench. But then, like, I always feel like one thing I bring to the table is, like, my offensive skill set. Because, like, yeah. I, I'm not, like, a, a shooter or, like, I'm not, like, a post. I just feel like I have an act for putting the ball through the rim. Like, yeah. I just feel like I'm a scorer. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. but yeah. uh, That's that's an accurate. I mean, and you're like, I don't know how that went in, but he made it go in. Yeah, yeah. like, I don't fucking, like, practice all these teardrops. Like, <laughs> I do practice, like, the English and shit, but... I just felt like I always had something to bring to the table. But that junior year, like, I had to fucking bust my ass. And it started, like, playing scout offense. Like, I'm fucking scoring on, like, this, uh, like, this fucking team that's supposed to win us a championship. And then here's this guy that's on the bench that's scoring on them, like, you know, scout offense. And it always made me, like, the, like, I was always, like, the best player on the other team. You know, because, like, he'd take crazy shots. And it was fun, though, because, like, I could take, like, these deep-ass threes and not get yelled at, (laughs) you know? But, like, once I got in the starting lineup, like, I always had like specific things I had to do in uh like on defense. Like I remember I had to guard this point guard that one time and like his whole thing was like rebounding. First play of the game, he gets an offensive rebound. I'm just like fuck. Yeah. But, I mean I don't know, I I buckle down like when I have to. So No, but yeah. what you're talking about being on scout I mean, good teams are only good teams because they've got enough depth to where whoever's on the scout team can challenge that first team, whether it's playing offense or defense, because if if there's no challenge, you're never gonna get any better. That's true. Yeah. Um, so are you still coaching now? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Not right now. Yeah. I was, uh, when was the last year you coached? Um, I left Corning after the 2019 19, year. okay. Yeah. So and I have not coached since then, although I probably will some point. So then then that year, that year will still apply. So how was it coaching the Steph Curry, James Harden era? <laughs> like, were these motherfuckers just <laughs> pulling up from three? Well, but that, that's just like trying to coach kids during the Allen Iverson or yeah. the Kobe Bryant era. It's like, listen, this is the identity we have. 
We're a defense yeah. rebounding team. We execute on offense. If you work on your skills, you know, if you put the time in to be a 35% plus three-point shooter, you'll get what's called the green light, you know, yeah. as long as you're on the three-point line, not at half court in a fast break, you know, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, we had, some, I, th- I thought, I thought I had a green light coach, dude, you're in transition with a guy yeah. in front of you. That's not an open shot, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, when you, when you, I think it helps having an established culture. And as you said before, an established winning culture that gives young men a reason to listen and, and, and adapt what they're doing because they know there's a reason to do it instead of just, Oh, coach wants me to play different. Yeah. You know, because listen, we need you to do this so we can win a league title. We need you to do this so we can try to win a section title. You know, it's not just about putting up 20 points a night, Yeah, you know, which is why, you know, usually you'll never see, a Corning high school player is a section's leading scorer because they're too busy trying to win. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and you'll, you'll get the kid that, you know, the leading score on the team maybe has 14 or 15 points a game, you know, with the rare exceptions being like Darren Nye or Michael Shoemaker or um, Michael Raker, you know, even Noah Zappi back-to-back league MVP didn't score more than 14 points a game because you had four starters averaging double digits. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and guys off the bench that were scoring seven, eight points a game. You know, even uh, in 2017 when we started 29-0, and 0, Marco Tapia averaged four points a game. But there were times that he'd score 17 to help us win in overtime. Oh, wow. shit. You know, Damn. and I remember having to talk to the all-star committees and saying, listen, don't look at this kid's stats. He's an important role player on a junior-heavy team that won more games than anybody in the section. You know, he belongs on this all-star team. And in both all-star games, he was in double digits. So oh, wow. yeah. it's like the kid can play. He just knows his role. Yeah. And that's what it takes to win the way that our program won. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's definitely been a big part. Uh, so tonight's game five of the finals. So, like, both of these teams, like, I feel like they've got, like, great role players. So Absolutely. But, um, while we're on that, actually, who you guys got? Oh, I got the Bucks. by the time this comes out, there'll be a finals winner. You got the Bucks winning the finals? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're back in Phoenix, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I got to think Chris Paul's going to rebound and they're going to go back to Milwaukee with a 3-2 lead. Yeah. I feel like he's, I mean, Booker had a great game in game four and the rest of that starting five let him down. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are pointing to Chris Paul, you know, but he's he's going to pull up his yeah. big boy pants and they're. I think they're going to take game five. Yeah, I feel like Mikey said it pretty well. He's like, he says the series really doesn't start till like the way team wins. A, well, that's just a common yeah. saying. Yes. No, 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 I know, but like, it, I it mean. It is. But uh, no, nah, I, I think I think the Suns are gonna. I got. I, I want the Suns. Well, know, what but. more? What more can you ask when the NBA Finals becomes a three-game series? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, both teams have amazing home crowds. Because I mean, these are small market teams. Every small market team, and like that's like the only thing you have. Like even Sacramento, like their home crowd's amazing, and like they haven't fucking won in twenty years. <laughs> <They're> still there. <laughs> yeah, but I thank you, Tim Donahue. <laughs> are, are you a Kings fan? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Let, I'll say, I How grew, do you feel about I, the Ben Simmons? Rumor I grew section? up a Showtime Laker fan. You know, Magic, Kareem, uh-huh. James Worthy, and when that dissipated, it's like, okay, I'm going to start rooting for the home team. Yeah. And so it was what 1993. I became a Kings fan, so I could go yeah. watch my team play. Yeah. And the, you know they sucked. Oh um, yeah. They almost upset the Sonics in the first round in '96, but you know. Uh-huh. Gary Payton and then Mitch Richmond getting injured and all that stuff, you know. But um, what were, you were asking about Ben Simmons? Yeah, so there's Ben Simmons rumors. Like, people think uh, him straight up for De'Aaron Fox. Like, how do you feel about oh. that? 
Hell no. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, people, like seeing Ben Simmons as a playoffs, like, that guy's not fucking getting you anywhere. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox has proven he, himself to yeah. be a special NBA player yeah. that you can build around. Yeah. Period. Me and Allen were both Kentucky Wildcat fans, so, yeah, like, we, we yeah. watched him play in college. Like, from then, He's, I knew. Like, he was a fucking dog. Like, he, he, he plays real fuck. I don't know about now in the NBA, but in college, like, he was playing real fucking defense. And, like, he, he'll go at you. I remember uh, in the... In the tournament, he went against Lonzo Ball, who's the fucking biggest, one of the biggest hyped uh, college players that I've ever oh, seen. Oh, shut him down. He shut yeah, him yeah. down, dropped 40 on his ass. Like, <laughs> And so, like, ever since then, I've absolutely loved the guy. So, I really hope uh, Sacramento can put a team around him. Like, they should, bro. How do yeah. you? No, yeah. De'Aaron Fox is a special player. He plays hard. He plays with heart. He plays with class. And, I mean, at one point this year, he was by far and away, what, the leading scorer during, you know, the fourth quarter in the NBA. Yeah. You know, because, you know, like a lot of good players, I'm a team player, I'm a team player. Okay, it's a close game. I'm going to win this game. Yeah. And um, that, that's the kind of guy, he, he can take over a game. How do you feel about uh, Buddy Buckets? Um... I loved him in college. I fucking loved him in college. I would say trade. I would like to, I would like to say, <laughs> I, I, I think there is some value with the trade because he's somewhat inconsistent. I'd like to see him play better defense, but I don't think he's, he's called buddy buckets for a reason. The boy can put the ball in the basket. I mean, like I, I loved him in college. Like I, I think we talked about an earlier podcast. Like I got my hat signed by him and I'm going to be honest. Where did he play in college? Uh, it was, uh, Oklahoma or yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Oklahoma. They, they beat Kentucky. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say when, when you're coaching and scouting film and all, you don't get to watch as much ball as I did when I was your age. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of yeah. college ball. Like usually like there's those, uh, a I love college ball. Yeah. There's usually like those players that, uh, that really stand out. Like, I mean, I like watching players for like their offensive skill set. Like, I mean, that's just what I like watching. Like it's just, yeah. he's yeah. like an, ama- he was an amazing shooter in college. You, you would crack up knowing the way that I coach. It's like the most fun teams for me in high school to watch were uh, the Billy Tubbs coached Oklahoma Sooners, and they were just full court press, half, you know, just push it. They're going to score 90 to 100 points a game. Like, seriously. I, I appreciate good team ball. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, if I'm watching that, I'm just like, oh, this, this they got them fucking disciplined. Like, or those UNLV teams, and they just get up and down. I yeah. mean, Loyola Marymount, it's like, oh, if we've had the ball five seconds, it's too long. Shoot nah, the ball. I remember you know? we played a team that was like that too, and I'm just like, ah, they, all these guys are well coached because like they're just doing their job and right. like that's it. And it's like fucking us up, and I'm like, well, that's annoying. Like, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so like you mentioned that you love uh like you love great offensive players because like me and Manny we watch so much basketball together. So like we always like. This is always our big debate is he loves a fucking James Harden type of guy. Oh, well, not He actually doesn't like James Harden, but like he loves like those offensive type of players. Whereas me, like I used to hate him when the Warriors were doing their thing, but I fucking love a Draymond Green. I love I love a, Jer- a Draymond Green, a PJ Tucker, like those guys. A pa- I love Patrick Beverly, like those guys who are going to fucking work their asses off because, I mean, that just resembles me. Like well, I, I have to. The guys that play with an edge because it matters. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I just fucking love those guys, like, and, like, it's not even, like, fake, sh- like, I feel like, uh, like, uh, Steph Curry, like, at first, like, I mean, now he's got the real confidence, but at first he had, like, the, when he first started the little shoulder shimmy, like, it was, like, fake-ass cockiness, <laughs> so, like, I always fucking hate that, but these motherfuckers, like, they, they, ca- they came from the bottom, like, they had to work their ass off to, to, like, put their name on the map, so... Like, they come with it every fucking night, so, like, when I, they're talking their shit, I feel like it's actually legit. Curry, Curry kind of had to put, like, he had a like put his name on the map too. Like, I mean, yeah, like he, oh, went, yeah. To, he went to a small school Davidson. and then, yeah. And then like, I mean, no one was talking about him like the first few years in the league, you know, cause it was all Monte Ellis at that point, you know, and then they got rid of Ellis. Everyone's like, what the fuck? And then yeah. that's when he really fucking 
blew up. But no, speaking of Curry too, one thing I, I honestly don't like is when they try to compare other players to Curry. Like like a uh, Trey Young, for example. Like he's he's more Steve Nash. Well, like I mean, people that like shoot the ball like you know extended ranges, like they want to say like it's Curry. But like I think what feel like what separates Curry from like people that play like Curry is like this man is like he's a master off the fucking ball. Wait, like, what about yeah. Dame though? No, but no, you're right. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like Dame isn't a master off the ball. Dame's like good on the ball. Like so is Curry. But like the difference between Curry and like a Dame, like Curry will fucking punish you like off the ball when he doesn't have the ball in his hand. Well, and how hard is it to guard a guy like that? It's it's fucking annoying, dude. Yeah. It's fucking he's annoying. Like go getter, bro. Yeah. So like all those comparisons, like I, I just think Curry's just. I mean, he's on the wrong team, so like that's why I don't like him. <laughs> but like his game is just like I don't know. It's second to none. Hey, honestly. That's a feature like, Laker. Hopefully, dude. That'd be yeah. typical dope. Laker fan. Typical <laughs> Laker yeah. fan. These motherfuckers think they're getting everybody. They think they're getting fucking Damian Lillard for Kyle Kuzma. Him <laughs> too. The, 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 the Lakers, the Yankees, the Cowboys. Yeah. We'll just buy the guy we want. <laughs> I mean, the, the Yankees do though, because <laughs> well, that's just how baseball's set up. Yes, it is. I mean, us being Dodger fans, I mean, we see it. Like, mm. well, like, yeah, the the Dodgers are at. They're up at the table on that. Yeah, we're, we're, we get we get what we want. Exactly. How many games are we behind first place right now? Uh, I don't know about last night. Giants won. Did the Dodgers win last night? I think they won. Uh, I don't know. Watch it, It's two if the Dodgers won, three if they lost. Dude, we've been bouncing from like four games, to like half a game for fucking months, and it's so fucking yeah. annoying. It's all right, though. That's the baseball season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when you play six, seven games a week, there will be swings. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Who are your? Okay, so like. I, I have to talk about this because you're old school, so I kind of know where you're going to go with it. Um, Jordan or LeBron? I don't think it's fair to compare players from different eras. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm going to go with Jordan. Yeah. Even though if you put social media aside, LeBron's an amazing player. Um, how can you come into the league at 18 years old with unreal height, unreal. Uh, the weight of the world on your shoulders, and not only meet it, but in my opinion, exceed greatly it. exceed it on the court. Yeah. You know, and you know, you're gonna get the critics Jordan played with, at least in his championship era, one team. Uh-huh. You know, he came back with the Wizards, whatever. You know, I, I don't even really yeah, that was great. He came back and he played at a high level in the NBA, not that level. Uh but you know, you're gonna you're gonna look at LeBron and he'll get criticism for hopping teams or putting together the quote unquote super teams. Yeah. But as you mentioned with the Yankees and the Dodgers, that's the way the league's put together. Yeah. And that is the way it is. And you are going to get guys from the eighties, nineties, or even earlier going, yeah, that's not how we had to win. Yeah. But it's the way the game is today. Yeah. See the way I look at it is, um, so that's always been LeBron's biggest knock that in, uh, especially now on social media, the ring culture is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everyone talks about, oh, he has to build his own super teams. Well, that's because Cleveland failed to put anything anything around him, and he still got that shit to a, to a final. Well, so I, I would hardly call uh, Kyrie and Kevin nothing around it. Well, they, they weren't, and, and they were weren't other, there his first go-around. Right, I know. And there were other, but he did get that team to the finals, yeah. which, which is, in my opinion, his greatest achievement. Was I would get, say was get, what was 16 it, was that, finals. Was that, oh... See, I would disagree with that because if you remove the Draymond suspension, I'm on board with you. But <laughs> okay, but no, that that I mean that Draymond that, suspension that was a significant that, impact like, on what, that series. They, like I, I can like you can pinpoint hey, that and say that's where they won it. But that it, was game five. No, but that's like dude, he's well, out. It was they in got game momentum. five, They're and then he the had to sit team. in game six, right? Yeah, he had to miss a game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did he miss game six or game yeah. five? 
Game no, six. he no. got ejected from Game Five, missed Game Six. Oh, okay. It just turned okay. the whole fucking tide. They're not the same team without him. Like, well, because Draymond's a guy well, that's going to spend just, most time yeah. face up on LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, no one's no one's stopping LeBron that year. But I mean, <laughs> but anyways, um, like how they say, uh, oh, LeBron always has to build his super team. Well, Jordan had the super team. Like if like well, but it I was firmly believe the same every year. Yeah, exactly. But that that that's also a fucking huge plus because you're building all that chemistry. I mean, you got Scottie Pippen, who at the time is what one of the fucking ten greatest players of all time. Yes, at the time. I mean, I wasn't there. Uh, where would you rank him? Like at the time, like put in perspective. Hey, I mean, Scottie Pippen was a legitimate top five player during of all time chi- uh, during that uh, in yeah. the NBA at that. Oh, time. at that time. Okay, at so that, that time. So that's I, like. Know, so when you've got Kawhi, well, and look at this, and when those last few years when they had Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. When your top three guys have all at one point been the de- NBA Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. you know, Jordan had won it, Pippen had won it, Rodman mm-hmm. could go out and get 20 rebounds, not score, and change the game for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was just a unique talent, no matter what the antics were. I mean, that guy could play, and I still remember him as the worm with Detroit. Yeah. Where well, it's like, I'm a Detroit fan. Who so. is this kid, and why isn't, okay, now he's starting. Yeah, Detroit's going to go back-to-back, you know? Yeah. Which, and, I, of course, I hated because at the time I was a Lakers fan. You yeah. Know? And I, I feel like narrative, <laughs> hey. narrative changes shit so much, too, because everyone, okay, so obviously uh, Jordan was getting his ass beat by the Pistons. Obviously, yeah, the Jordan rules. But then everyone's like, oh, he started fucking bench pressing. So that made him that made him tougher. He fucking he got better. But well, also the Bulls that year had fucking Rodman instead of the Pistons. I feel like that's well, a no, huge no, they, fucking... they didn't have Rodman. With did the did Pist- they not yet? No. In those first three, they had Rodman for the second three, Pete. Oh, wait. Oh, really? yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he did go to the Spurs. And, OK, yeah. He went to the Spurs in between. OK. All right. Well, yeah. yeah he, Look at me he, trying to lie. No, he was just still little Dennis with normal hair and skinny yeah. During the bad boy era. Yeah. But, I mean, that team also had a Tony Kukoc, who's like the greatest yeah. European player ever at that well, time. But, well, but again, he wasn't there for the first three, Pete. He came, he was there so, for the, because he came in the year Jordan retired yeah. in 93. Who was the first three, Pete? Was Ron Harper there? Because Ron, no. Ron Harper wasn't a fucking slouch either. No, he was not. Granted, he couldn't win on his own with Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, the first three, Pete, if I remember correctly, you're talking, of course, Jordan and Pippen. You've got Horace Grant, who, again, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. you got Bill Winnington. Uh, or, no, excuse me. Um, I want to call him Kermit the Frog, but uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill oh, Cartwright. Yeah. Bill you Cartwright. And you had uh, John, John Paxson as the, the two guard. And then, shoot, I can't even remember who came off the bench. But... You know, Luke Long, no, that's a sec. But, I mean, you had a, a good core, and then that core shifts into that second three-peat after Jordan's, you know, baseball era. Yeah. You know, when they were still a, a, a good team, they just couldn't get over the hill. Yeah. You know, but, then you know, the year, sorry, memories. I remember walking through the BMU at Chico State the night uh-huh. that Jordan dropped double nickel on the, the Knicks in his comeback, and it's like all of a sudden you're just walking through and you hear it, and, and the crowd starts to develop. And by the right. end of the game, there's probably 300 of us standing around this big screen TV God in the damn. BMU watching Jordan put 55 on the Knicks, <laughs> and this guy's only been back in the NBA for two weeks, you know? Yeah. And that was like, he's back. Yeah. He's legit back, you know? Yeah. How? Okay, so also, like, a big thing is LeBron leaves the team. They're fucking horrible. Dog shit. They're fucking horrible. Uh, the Cleveland gets fucking Kyrie. <laughs> First pick of the draft. Um and then uh, Jordan leaves. Pippen almost takes that team right back to the finals. Uh, 
Like, how, how do you feel about that? Is that is that more of like a testament to just how great the Bulls team was, or like, because like that's my biggest thing is like I feel like LeBron just has a bigger fucking imprint on the game. The, the way he manages it, like a point guard, but he's fucking. He's at your throat when he needs to be, and he's dropping 45-50. I mean, yeah, we saw him drop 50 in game one of the finals a few years ago. I think that's more of a testament to team culture and coaching, as well as, again, you've got a nucleus that's still together that knows how to win. Yeah. You've just taken the alpha dog out of the mix. Yeah, see, so, I mean, I, I don't want to take anything. I know it sounds like I am, well, but I don't want to take anything away from Jordan, but, like, I, I just feel like it's just such an unfair thing to, to say, oh, LeBron has to team up with this guy and that guy, but it's just... Jordan no. had that. And I'm just going with the narrative of what people are going to say. Yeah. Now, one other narrative, I've heard this uh, on Colin Cowherd's podcast or yeah, show yeah. where he talks about the difference between guys like, say, LeBron or Tom Brady and the difference between talking about a goat from this era and that era. You're looking at the science behind nutrition, yeah. the science behind recovery. And these guys, I mean, what does LeBron spend? One or $2 million a yeah. year yeah. taking That's care true. of his body. Whereas Jordan's I'm answer was, and I need to lift harder, not, I need a chef. I need a, uh, you know, and you cannot, it's a different era. So that makes the comparisons more difficult as well. Yeah. You know, and you got to give LeBron, we're coming up on, what's this going to be, 18 years for him, whereas Jordan played 13 years. Yeah. You know, so you've got to get, I mean, and the, you could go back and forth. To me, that's why I think the conversation is actually just ridiculous. It's like, uh -huh. I love watching Michael Jordan play, and most of the time I love watching <laughs> LeBron play. Yeah. You know, and, you know, because they're unique uh, generational talents. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy I got to watch both of them. You know, versus like, I just get to hear about Bill Russell. I just get to hear about yeah. Jerry West. So I am a Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I watched them. Like, hey, I, I'll I, sit down, like I can watch some video with them. you guys and help you relive the yeah. magic, you know. Um, it's Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, I mean. So, <laughs> you, you got like fucking, uh, you got Charles Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny talking about, oh, they couldn't do, LeBron couldn't do this back in the, back in the day because they were fouling the fuck out of you. I mean, I've watched, um, I've. Okay, so like two of the biggest offensive teams back in the day were the Pistons and the Knicks. So I watched a game of theirs in the playoffs. So like obviously the intensity's ramped up. They're calling the same fucking foul. So I'm just like, is this just older people trying to trying to fucking act like it was just different? Or like like what's that about? Like I feel like the fouls are not that different. Like and then if you actually look at the numbers, they're shooting around the same amount of free throws too. So do you buy into the nineties being like three times as aggressive as like today's NBA. I agree that the nineties were way more physical mm -hmm. and I get what you're saying. When you compare the postseason with the regular season, there's a huge difference. And there was a huge difference then. Yeah. The difference was back then you could put a guy on the mat and you're, you could just get a common foul called on you. I mean, we didn't even have that term common foul. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see guys in the eighties get in fist fights on the floor and they're both out there for the next play. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas now they're going to jail. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, go watch one of those games where it's Knicks, Heat, and the playoffs in the 90s, and the winner scores like 62 points, uh -huh. and tell me that it wasn't more physical then. Yeah. that that That's, I mean, it, again, it's hard to compare eras, but watching it, it's like, when you we got, what was that game early in the NBA Finals that was so low scoring? Was it game two? But we're still looking at teams scoring 90-something to 80-something. Yeah. And they're, oh, tonight was really physical and low scoring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand the 
the rules have definitely skewed more towards scoring because they want to attract the casual fan. Because yeah. I remember the... Every sport has. Yeah, so like I'm Let's, a Pistons fan, and uh, the fucking closest thing I can remember is our core with the Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, and those guys. So like they're... Uh, that was they're, a good team. Their championship yeah. year where they beat the Lakers' asses. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like they had a thing, or I think it was like 10 straight games, something like that, where they held teams under 70 fucking yeah. points. I'm like, God damn, like... If you if you even held teams under like ninety points in today's era for ten straight games, like that's amazing, right? So mm-hmm. like, well, and it's a different game back then. If you shot twelve threes in a game, you shoot a lot of threes. Now, if you don't make twelve threes in a game, you're not utilizing that weapon. Yeah, Crazy. do you buy into either the Bulls, either three P? I don't know which one was better, or the two thousands Lakers being able to beat the Warriors, who are gonna fucking shoot the goddamn <laughs> lights out of the building. You know what? I would love to watch that game. The Kevin Durant Warriors, though, where it's like. Hey, I would love to watch that game. Yeah. And I'm not talking about a computer simulation. So, of course, yeah. what I'm asking for is impossible. That would be so much fun to watch. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I don't want to debate it. I'm not going to get yeah, a Laker okay. fan like Alan, <laughs> you know. And it's, it's hard because. They're both, well, let's look at this. How the hell is that going to happen when Steve Kerr's got to shoot threes on one team yeah, and coach, and coach the on other? the other. <laughs> you know, but yeah. sorry, I just had to throw that in there. But, oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> but boy, would that be fun to watch. It yeah. Be, yeah. Be amazing I, to watch. Yeah. See, because anytime I'm like talking basketball, obviously I have my opinions, but like I try and keep everything I say like 07 and on because that's when I've really gotten into it. So like, I watched Kobe, like Kobe's the, probably the oldest player, him and Tim Duncan, like they're the ones that I can actually talk about. We're like, I love Allen Iverson. Like I fucking love Allen Iverson. You know, he was like a cultural icon for us growing up. But to be honest, I didn't watch that many of his games. I've seen every highlight, but I haven't seen much of his game. So like, I can't really say how great he was, even though like he did take like a scrub team to the finals, but you know. Well, so Allen Iverson, because of the way he influences young people, I was not a big fan. Yeah. Oh. I was not a big fan. And I even remember those first couple of years coaching. It's like, oh, don't watch him. Don't watch him. You know, he's selfish. He's yeah. not a team guy. I will say that I came to uh, respect just how much heart he played with yeah. and how pound for pound the effect. He had no disregard for his body. He just wanted to win. Yeah. And one of my favorite memories, for whatever reason, uh, my father-in-law would always get these tickets to the Kings game because he worked construction. And seemed like every year we'd see the Kings and the Sixers. You know, yeah. their one trip into Sacramento. And at that point, it was Bobby Jackson on the Kings. That would be the matchup. And, I mean, those they were real similar types of players. And I remember one night Bobby Jackson held, he shut him out in the first quarter. And AI still put 39 on him. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> in those last three quarters. And Bobby Jackson played so well that, but just watching those two, it's like the game within the game. Both teams were playing team basketball, but those two had their little matchup and it was entertaining. Yeah. And I, I was like, I can't forget that because it was so much fun to watch even within, I mean, that was a great Kings team, you know, and the Sixers were always going to be good anytime AI was on the floor. Plus they had a decent team around him at the time. Yeah. But it's like that matchup was just, it was, it was like, okay, you're not going to get the best of me tonight. Yeah. That's and like he, my uh, all-time favorite team to play with, though, like when he was with the Nuggets with Melo. Like that oh, team, dude. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I you fucking, and Melo, man. I yeah. love that team, dude. <laughs> hey, Melo to the Lakers. <laughs> For real. <laughs> hey, I think my favorite year watching Melo other than uh, at Syracuse in 03 was this year with the Blazers when he was just being Mr. Team and using yeah. his talent 
to help them get better. I really liked watching that because I thought he was done. He's nah, his talent is just like I mean he he's so fucking good at mid range. Like I wish I had a mid range game like him because he's just a fucking killer. Like all his little yeah. jab steps and shit. Like yeah, it's so intricate. It's all like thought out, you know. And like one dribble, he fucking he beats you, you know. And it's like yeah. fuck. I just uh, love him, dude. I don't know why. Like, one thing I want to do real quick. So, I want you and you first. I'll get mine too. But then we'll ask. Uh, I'm, I'm calling you Wilkins. I don't care. <laughs> uh, and then we'll ask Wilkins his since he he's seen more basketball in his life. Give me your top five all time. Uh, not all time that you've seen. And then your all time that you've seen. And then I'll give mine. Like my teams favorite. or players? Players, players. Okay. Like and not like what like all time or like the ones I liked. Well, I mean, I feel like we can't say all time because we haven't fucking seen. I, I, well, I'm just. I all right, I'm gonna sure. give you like the five players like I really like. Like, I mean, uh, you were asking him earlier. Like the, like in my top five would be Rajon Rondo, um, when he played with the Celtics. Really? I, that's who I modeled my game around. Like, everyone, whenever I want to get inspired by basketball, you shoot way too many threes a model your game <laughs> around. <laughs> no, no, no. His, his driving though, like, uh, I, I'd watch his highlight tapes, dude. When he was on the Celtics, fucking love him for all the fake passes and like his yeah, dots, dude. Yeah, like. I love that shit. It's like a lot of my driving shit's like really modeled after him. Big impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, dude, I mean, I did all that shit. Like the fake behind the back, you know, and like, yeah, I loved it. So like, I think, and for me, he'd be in my top five. Uh, Mello, of course. Um, AI. Is that three? It's hard though. Cause it is. <laughs> bro, fuck. Cause I'm, I'm trying to think of like what I grew up on, you know, not like, cause there's so many players today that are just so fucking nice, dude. Like I love watching Clay Thompson, but I just hate that he's like on the wrong team. Yeah, he's, he's not top five. Nah, I mean, but like, like he, he's, player, though. he's he a fun, be, though. He's a fun play, uh, player to watch, bro. Like, I mean, if, if sixty-three was, points on seventeen dribbles. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if I had a like, if I was like modeling my game today after somebody, like if I was younger, I think Clay would be like that one like surprise guy or some shit because like, he's just fucking amazing. But all right, um, fuck. Let me give you two more. Hold on. So recap your list real quick. Um, Rondo, uh, AI, Mello. Um, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I really like J.R. Smith too. Like, uh, when he played for the Nuggets, um, he was like one of my favorite players just cause like he instant highlight, dude. Like he has some crazy fucking times on the, on the, what's it called? And it was kind of cool watching him on the, like rekindle that shit on, um, the Cavaliers too. Cause he'd be taking some dumb ass shots some like risky ass shots and fucking like, yeah, that shit was hella good. But then my last one, I, I, I think I'd say Kobe just, his mentality, like, really brought, like, a new perspective to basketball for me. Like, literally, like, we're going to war. Like, I want to fucking kill you type shit, you know? And, yeah. like, this is how I'm going to do it. So. Okay. I think mine, well, I'm going greatest that I've seen. The greatest, <laughs> greatest? players. That I, yeah, you went on your own little thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant greatest, but because I can only speak on what I've seen. It's got to be LeBron, Duncan, Kobe. Fuck. I hate to put him there, but Kevin Durant. And then... <laughs> Like, I know Steph Curry's got all the accolades, but that I've seen, like, I got to put Kawhi there. Like, Kawhi's so fucking good. I mean, that, that's He's my own bias. He says this while wearing yeah. a Kawhi Spurs jersey for <laughs> yeah. those that can't see that at yeah. home. Honestly, I can't. I, I don't I don't see how you can't put Curry in your top five, though. Like, I feel like Curry's, like, one of those ones that I think it's he's game It's because it's his opinion. Yeah. Fuck and, your opinion. Okay, okay <laughs> because I'm a huge advocate for it's a two-way fucking game. Kawhi... You know, we see him change the game. Like, we saw Giannis win a fucking finals game with defense in the last yeah, minute the block, of the game, yeah. you know? The block and the steal. But, I mean, you're, you're talking about the greatest shooter. Okay, but, like, how much is he giving that up on the other end? You know, like, he's a liability on one end. So, like, 
I don't think Steph's a defensive liability unless he gets switched onto somebody like LeBron. Yeah, but th- I feel like that's a lot coaching. Like, yeah. um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're like, like you're, you're making shit. sure you're not let, you, you you're have, not letting Harden get right. on him. You're not letting any good you, offensive player get on. You've got to get the plan for how do we double switch to keep him yeah. off of those guys. I mean, just look what happened to the Warriors when they got Kyrie on his ass. <laughs> Fucking game winner in his eye. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> that, that, that was an unreal. Stretch for yeah. That's the best Kyrie's ever going to play. Yeah, that, that in my opinion, that was such an amazing end to oh a game. God. Like no fucking scoring. That like, was unreal. What people don't understand about that LeBron block is if the war that Warriors team if they score that they they're winning. Yeah, yeah they're that, winning no, that game. That's why it's so important. Yeah, there was like no scoring for like a, a good minute. And a Damn half. near like three that minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Alan, you you fucking give me okay. your top five. My first is CP three. Oh fuck! Let me take a while. CP3. <laughs> yeah, this is my my current uh, favorite players right now, as of right now. Current, okay. And then um, I'm gonna go with uh, Luca. He's I a love god. Luca. I love Luca. Luca's a god. And uh, well, my boy AD, of course. Of course. And Kuzma. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Turn his microphone off. <laughs> uh, KD. I'll give it to KD. He's a elite scorer. I love his defense, his scoring ability. He could take it to the rack, jump shot, fade away, anything. Pull up three. He got everything. And uh, was that four? Yeah, that's four. Yeah. I'm Kawhi. Kawhi. Hey, yeah. I respect it. Yep. All right, so you guys just kind of went with your guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Wilkins, give me your, your top five that you've seen. That I've seen. Yeah, or you can't throw, can't throw like Russell in there. You, you no, can really I, go yeah. and spin on it. I wouldn't do that. We did. <laughs> I, even though I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm like, let's go 80s, then 90s. Then <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't get Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. I yeah. mean, it's a stereotype, but I mean, how many times did I watch not just those playoff games, but they would schedule the Lakers Celtics games in the year, like the weekend before the All-Star weekend and the weekend after the All-Star weekend to get those big mid-season ratings and mid-season matchups. Yeah. which And it was like, you had to watch it. That was also mm-hmm. back when you actually had to watch the All-Star game because they actually played basketball. Yeah. It wasn't just a uh, horse in uniform. I feel like, um, <laughs> well, I didn't watch it this year, but I know uh, 2020 after Kobe passed, like yeah. they, they really fucking yeah. played. And that was the most entertaining All-Star it game was, I've ever yeah. seen. The only entertaining one, actually. But I mean, again, that's... I had to watch that anymore. If I accidentally watch it, I still might turn the channel. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what I, that's not what I want to see. Um, okay. So magic bird. I mean, you got to say Jordan. Yeah. Um, even though I got to give an honorable mention to Dominique Wilkins, you know, the human highlight film, that guy was amazing. And I mean, if we're going to look forward and, and, and include everything, I mean, I have to throw, Choke it down. I got to go past five. You know, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq. I mean, they're yeah. game. They're game changers. They're dominators. Yeah. The league changed the rules to level the playing field. Yeah, to these guys. You know, and then you know, say a second team of guys like Steph, guys like KD, guys like Isaiah Thomas. Um, and I'm man, how many amazing Carl Malone, John Stockton. I mean, how many all timers am I missing? Because you asked me for five over. Yeah. 40 years of watching yeah. basketball, you know, but, but, it, but, but again, that's, what's fun in these conversations. And I mean, it's, well, okay. So Dominique Wilkins, uh, it's funny. Cause when I first got hired at Corning, they thought I was going to be black because uh-huh. the two Wilkins <laughs> in the NBA were Dominique and Gerald. Right. And so I met my first float site 
supervising and it's at the sophomore group. So it's the group of guys I'm going to coach and I'm they're like, it's like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, we might as well tell him. Yeah, when you got hired, we thought we were going to have a black coach. <laughs> I was like, what? You don't, me, Dominique, we're brothers. What? We're not related, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, you guys disappointed, you know? So it was this funny story. So that's why there was always uh, a Dominique Wilkins action figure up above the trophies yeah, in the yeah. back of my classroom, you know, still in the box from Toys R Us, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right. Um, so I know, I know you got to run soon, so I re- but I have to get into this. Uh, so you teach government and economics, but what I think is pretty fucking ridiculous is first half of the year it was government at least when i'm in in high school second half was economics like i feel like those should each be their own full year like those like instead we're learning about the pythagorean theorem which i don't even know what the fuck that is anymore like i feel like they don't teach the like we should be knowing more about government and economics coming out of high school so like how, how do you feel about just having to split up two of the most important things to know in life well i agree and and that decision's made by at the state level, uh-huh. not the district level, that those are required semester courses. Of course, at Corning, you get a little bit less than a semester of economics because you're also doing the senior, senior project, project, which yeah. is super important to look at your future. But it'd be nice to spend those eight to 10 weeks learning about how to pay your taxes or invest in the stock market or, yeah. you know, other things like that, that you would or I would both say are more you know, immediately important to young adults. Yeah. You know, if they want to take that advice, you know, and we had to breeze through that, you know, I'm talking to you guys about the time value of money and investment in about six days. Yeah. Hoping you catch something. And, you know, some people come back and ask over the summer, but you guys are off and running. Yeah. You know, I agree. I, I, what's going to change that. I mean, you know, that's where at the district level or even the state level, they've got to decide that they want to, make that important, but then you run into, oh, well, we want to make electives important for students and, you know, things like that. So that's the kind of conversation that goes yeah. on. I don't see it changing, even though I actually love your perspective. It'd be amazing to teach those as separate one-year courses instead of semester courses, because mm-hmm. then you not only cover more material, but you get to go deeper into yeah. it. Even though, unfortunately, most people at that age are going to be like, oh, I'm glad I only had to do that for one semester. Yeah. <laughs> You know? That's true. Yeah. I feel like it, like, right now, though, like, that shit's, like, hella viable to us, like, like wanting to learn that shit. But I feel like when I was in fucking, when well, I was in his class. We're grown-ass men yeah. now, though. Yeah. So. When I was in his class, I was like, I don't give, I, yeah. can give, I can give, like, two shits about this, you know. You, like, you're, you're paying rent. You're paying taxes. You know, now it's like, oh, this is real now. Exactly. Whereas at 18, 17, 16, however old you are, you're like, D- why are we talking about yeah. this? Uh-huh. This, you know, back then you would have said, oh, the Pythagorean theorem is more important than this. Yeah. You know, not <laughs> not all students, but most, I would say. Yeah, I'd do that too. As an economics uh, teacher, how do you f- do you think uh, Bitcoin or crypto has a chance to be like a world uh, currency? Because like that's one of the big arguments for it, is that like anyone can access it. I do. And I mean, I'm going to admit. I'm, I'm fairly, I'd, I'd say I'm on the low end of understanding it. I'm working to understand it because it's, it's interesting. And again, I do see it as a, a more democratic way of distributing wealth yeah. and, and giving you and I a way of determining our own future, you know, uh-huh. and controlling our own money. And, you know, obviously in some ways it's been more successful than most stocks over the last five to 10 years, yeah. you know, especially if you're an early adopter. You know, now it's like buying a house. It's not 
cheap to get in. Yeah. You know, or if you do get in cheap, you have a very small piece of the pie. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it because I think it's interesting. And, and like I said, um, anything in the blockchain is more democratic because there's less government control, which you probably, anything that's less government control is definitely going to look good to me, you know, because we should be free. But yeah. So like, I know me personally, like I'm starting to get more in, into like, it, I'm trying to look into investing more. Like, how do you feel like about that? You're getting to that age where it's like, okay, now I really got to start looking towards my future. Yeah, because you never know. You might go, go broke and have no money at all. So it's, it's a good thing to invest on stuff. Yeah. It don't matter what it is. Just invest. Well, and unfortunately, the, the true power of money and investment starts when you're young. Yeah. You know, if you can be. truly invest when you're 16 or 18, when you first get that job at McDonald's or you're mowing lawns or you're babysitting or you're whatever, and you could just put a little bit aside and start building on that. But most, it's either either your age or they're 30 or they're 35. And at that point, you know, if you start investing at 35, 30 years later, you're 65 versus yeah. if you start investing when you're 18, 30 years later, you're my age and your kids are graduating from high school or they're in college and they're getting married. And that's when you can take that money you invested as a young person and do those things for yeah. your, for your kids yep. instead of if you start doing that at 30 or 35, you're like, eh, this isn't really going to start blowing up for another 10 years. Yeah, you know? we had a. We had a teacher on a few weeks ago, a new teacher, actually. Was that Mr. Carrillo? Yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to, do you have like a certain rubric you have to cover or uh, like throughout your course or like can you uh, go a little rogue sometimes? Like you see that there's like a new law that passes you have to talk about. Like, can you cover that? Yes. Well, I'd say yes and no, because even for say government econ, there are state standards and, you know, things that the districts want you to teach. But because those subjects aren't tested by the state, it does give you more leeway to be, okay, hey, there's these riots going on, or hey, what about this Bitcoin thing? And those things are definitely not covered in, in the standards, but those are things that are going to engage your students. And I think as, as an educator, you'd be wrong not to try to engage your students on things that are going on in the world right now, because that's what's going to grab their attention and also let them know, oh, he wants me to get involved and understand, you know, what I can do versus just let's look at the Constitution one more time, even though that is extremely important. Yeah. We end the podcast typically with uh, the segment we call it higher learning. It's basically something you learn throughout the week or just like something you want to preach. It could be like anything. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, like one time I like plugged my parents store for like their Taco Tuesday, you know, because they have like a pretty good deal. So it could be like anything. Give us the address so we can go buy tacos on Tuesday. <laughs> They're actually pretty good. I've been there. Oh, yeah. He comes like every day now, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I've <laughs> had those burritos that time you brought them in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, it's in Gerber. Um, on Tuesday, they do like 10 tacos for like 12 bucks. That so. sounds like a drive out to Gerber. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> all right. So you want to kick it off, Manny? You want to think about <laughs> yours? All right. Well, I got mine. So I, all right, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, so the head coach for the Phoenix Suns actually this week, he said in a presser, he said, uh, it's uh, everything you want is on the other side of hard. So I think that's really important. You know, we got a lot of young listeners listening to this. So you're going to fucking struggle to get anything you want that's worth it in this life. So, you know, you've got to go through a struggle. Nothing's going to come to you fucking easy. I feel like it's a it's kind of cliche, but I mean, we're doing this podcast shit like we're in the fucking hard part, like trying to get more listeners, you know, things like that, doing everything we can, you know, uh, like once you get there, I'm sure it's it's a lot easier, but like. You really got to fucking work for what you want in this life. So, 
Amen. I, I thought that that was a great quote yeah. by Monty Williams. I saw that one too. I yeah. actually retweeted that along with Darren Nye, Corning <laughs> High alumni, class of 2006. Um, all right. So mine is, uh, I mean, I, I just talked to someone about this is like, because uh, it, it was about like the podcast and stuff like that. And like, they're like, oh shit, like y'all do it like for real. Like, y'all pretty serious about it. And I'm like, you know, like I'm not gonna do anything halfway. Like I'm not gonna do anything I enjoy like halfway, you know, like everything I do or like I want to do, like I'm going to put my all into it because I just feel like that's a reflection of me. And like my work ethic and like I want that to be uh like perfect, you know. I mean you saw how upset I was like after I made the first rug, just because like the lines weren't more crisp and yeah. shit like that. And it's just like like I was expecting perfection on my first try. Like I know I know that's like crazy, but like I don't know, I expect a lot out of myself and like I'm I just want to say like I like don't do shit halfway, you know, like give it a y'all because at the end of the day it is a reflection of you. You know what I mean? So Yeah. You wanna go, Alan? Yeah, yeah. I'll go. Uh if there's something you love to do and there's an opportunity for, for you to succeed, never hesitate to take the opportunity. Because uh, if you don't take it, it, it might go bad, but still you learn from that mistake. And when the other when the other opportunity comes in, you'll be ready and prepared for for that moment. And you most likely succeed on that. Yeah, great, you great Nipsey Hussle quote, uh, how long to opportunity meets preparation. Exactly. So that opportunity doesn't come often. You, know? no. you got to stay prepared too. Yeah. So. Or the John Wooden version of that is when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. Yep. Yep. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, you got yours, Wilkins? Well, first of all, I just want to, I, just the hearing the three things you guys have said just makes me proud to know you. <laughs> I mean, no, just to hear, you know, because, you know, watching young people grow up for 22 years now, I mean, even longer than that, just as a person, but as an educator, it's like, you know, just hearing you guys say that amidst, what's going on around us in this world again just makes me proud to know you and that's hey, awesome appreciate it Thank um you. and again thank this has been fun I, I, <laughs> I mean we're just sitting here riffing even though you're yeah. recording what we're doing and you know hanging on and and let's be clear higher learning only means we're having a couple beers nothing else you know? <laughs> um hey see the world um you may have heard me say this in class but it's like as much as book learning and class learning is important maybe to learn the process more than the content. Uh, you learn by going out and seeing places and meeting other people. Yeah. And you're never going to understand differences. And I don't think there's a more important thing right now that we can understand in this culture with, you know, racial strife, civil rights, you know, is whether that's real or, or government devised or divided or whatever. Uh, but just to be able to relate to other people on a personal level and not what you see at first glance yeah. and, and to learn about them, uh, to value them for who they are, what they do more important for who they are and what they know than what they do. Yeah. Uh, just, and value them as people. And, and we need to do more of that and, and just, you know, value relationship and, and value people more than things. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like that one. Yeah. God damn, he shit on ours. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I did not. Everything you guys said was amazing. Yeah. You know, but that's that's just my heart. Yeah. Uh, people, people are are what's up. Yeah, I love the I love the part where you said the government devised part because it's like okay, obviously we've we've had our shit with the Middle East for so long. Um, language barriers aside, like if you could sit down with just like a normal citizen, you would see the common interests you guys have. Like you could actually like get along with each other, but really it's our governments that are at each other's throats. So it's like, as like an American citizen, like, you know, you learn like, oh, like they're the bad guys. And over there, I mean, they're like, oh, they're the bad guys. So it's like, 
you know, j- just from like the outside perspective, you like you learn to like dislike them just because of the government. But I mean, the average person, it's like we're all the same across cultures. I know I've uh, gone to Costa Rica. It's like you see people just working, trying to get by every single day. Like it's it's in every culture. Like, I was gonna say too, they're like, talking, drinking beer just like we are, just living <laughs> their lives. <laughs> I was gonna say too, like that just reminded me. Uh, like I mean, that shit's in like our backyard too. Like it just reminded me of a a song by Junior Lucas. I can't think of the name right now, but it's like where like a black guy, yeah, and a white I know guy, that yeah. One. Fuck, yeah, what's the name? Do you know what, Alan? No, I don't. Fuck, it's it's such a good one. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean like I even use that for like one of my uh, like college classes, you know, because like I I feel like it's so powerful, you know, because like it might be called I'm not. A racist, something like I'm that. I'm not racist. I I'm think. not racist. Yeah. Something if, like that. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, like, yeah, I mean, I'd give it a listen. I mean, it's a rap song, so definitely like, check it out. Yeah. It, Watch it, the video, though. It's, yeah. yeah it's, Who was that artist again, Manny? Uh, Joyner Lucas. Okay. Yeah. I can send you, uh, I'll send you a YouTube video. Please do. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. I used that for one of my classes, and like, it was just crazy that, like, I, I assumed a lot of people have seen it, but yeah. just like, kind of, like, they're all, it's kind of like culture shock for them because they're like, I mean, it is pretty, like, vulgar, you know, like, there's yeah. a lot of, like, cussing and stuff like that, but, uh, it's just crazy to like try to sit in someone else's perspective and shit like that. It's, so. it's basically like a, a black guy going against like a absolutely stereotypical uh, redneck and like they're going at each other, like why they hate each other, you know, like things like that. It, it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Well, uh, you may have heard this. I've said that 12 times. Uh, <laughs> but after I graduated from Chico State, I was in Croatia and Bosnia for eight weeks. And that was right after, you know, they were going through a civil war and splitting from one country into six. And you've got, you know, the problem and part of it is the ethnic tension between, you know, you've got the, the Orthodox in the Serbia and the Christian, Western Christians in Croatia. And then you've got a mixture of that and Muslims in Bosnia. But the bottom line was for me, all those people looked the same. They spoke mm-hmm. the same language. They just lived across different parts of the river. But it was That's even, crazy. but it was the same concept as, black and white and brown and you know any racial division you see in the united states and i'm like whoa that really puts things in perspective that while this is bad it is part of human nature that we find reasons not to get along with one another which is stupid let's get over that you know but at the same time here i've got this 15 year old muslim in my class and i'm teaching him english and the last we're still in contact online even since 1997 which is the great thing about facebook or any of that (laughs) and but all he ever cared we connected on music and we connected on my class and he's like dude when you get home find that metallica album and mail it to me it's like you know it's it's you know it's not we're we're just people that happen to see the world a different way yeah yeah Yeah. this has been a fucking good ass podcast it's been awesome yeah (laughs) We appreciate both of you for coming on, you know. Oh, thank you. That was a good conversation. I, thank I, you. I just want to say real quick. So, like, you've you've been teaching a while. I, I couldn't believe that you remembered my name. <laughs> like, I didn't, I, you coached me one day, like I said. But, like, I thought that that was crazy, was, like, that you actually, like, remember my name. I wasn't even talking to in your class. So, like, that's actually pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> well, I did Especially, have to say your name over the loudspeaker at football games a few times. Oh, you're right. I, I got 30 tackles that season. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but again, you know. You know, I always tell these guys, if you play for me, you know, I, I got you for life, but you were there for one day, but, you know. Yeah. For life or bro? For life. Manny's like, damn, for that's hell. a long time. No. <laughs> All right, but yeah, like Manny said, you know, it's been our pleasure to have you guys on. You know, we'd love to have you guys on again anytime you want, so... But, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, any listeners out there, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we enjoyed the fuck out of it, so... Uh, Amen. Awesome. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to that. Yep. Signing off. Spilled it, dude. Fuck. Now we're gonna touch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's a wrap. Peace. And that shit.